Good morning. Here I am again, Steve here, Steve Kaufman, to talk about how I'm doing in my 90-day challenge to engage with all of you who are following me live or who uh, follow this video later on at YouTube. And I'm sure many of you are involved in this 90-day challenge. As you know, I am working on Arabic and Persian. I'm sort of focusing in on, on Arabic a little more now because the Persian, first of all, the Persian is easier. Second of all, I have an opportunity to speak Persian in Vancouver, or will have when I'm back there. And the Arabic is more difficult. And so I want to kind of get a better toehold on Arabic. I might go five days Arabic, two days Persian. But I want to talk a little bit about reviewing words because I'm now doing with my Arabic, I'm doing a little more review uh, because I want to, it's, it's difficult with the writing system and all. But I'm going to show you examples of how I review, but I'm going to use Portuguese because we have a lot of, I'm sure a lot of people watching don't read Arabic. And so I'm going to use Portuguese. I know a lot of you are Portuguese speakers from Brazil mainly. And uh, so what I'm going to show you is how I do it. And you may know from previous discussions that I very much believe in the random, random nature of, of language. Uh, and of how we go about learning languages, I like doing it in a random way. It keeps things fresh. So, uh, you know, I bounce around in terms of the content that I use, difficult, easy, uh, varying it. Uh, if we are involved in a conversation with someone, a natural conversation, we have no way of knowing what they're going to say to us so that the, the experience can be quite random. Uh, words repeat. Uh, in a very much random way when we're reading or listening or speaking. So the whole experience is random. I, I'm not a great believer in the idea that we have these building blocks that we learn certain basic, uh, you know, principles and that we build on that. Rather, it's this bombardment of exposure to the language that our brain gradually sorts through. Uh, so uh, sorry to disappoint some of you. I'm not a great believer in in spaced repetition because even if you even if it is true that some kind of an algorithm based spaced repetition system is more effective you would end, end up spending so much time reviewing that you would have little time for this sort of interesting listening and reading more random exposure to things and even if you think you have learned something through sort of deliberate study using your flashcards you're going to forget it again and some words stick and other, wor other words don't, no matter how hard you try to remember them. So all of these things make the whole experience somewhat random. So I am going to share my screen and show you, but it's, go it's going to be a little bit artificial because it's going to be uh, Portuguese, but at least that way more people will understand what is going on. And I want to promote Portuguese as a great language to learn. Uh, it's spoken on at least three continents. It's spoken, therefore, in obviously in Brazil, in South America. It's spoken in, in uh, Portugal, in Europe. It's spoken in Angola and Mozambique, uh, on the continent of Africa. And quite honestly, they don't speak much Portuguese in Macau, but it may be that there are other parts of Asia where they speak Portuguese, but it's a major world language. Major world language such as is Russian, such as is Chinese, such as is Arabic and Turkish, and there's lots of major world languages, not just English. But let me just demonstrate then with Portuguese. Screen share over here. All 
now, presumably you can all see this. So this is the uh, Portuguese uh, lesson feed at Link. Okay, we have this funny little symbol which combines the Portuguese flag and the Brazilian flag. It's always difficult, what do we use? We typically use the country where the language originated. So we use the Spanish flag for Spanish, even though there's more Spanish speakers in Latin America. But we decided that since the interest in Portuguese is so overwhelmingly for, you know, by people who want to connect with Brazil, so we kind of split the flag, half Brazilian, half Portuguese. I hope we don't offend anyone. Uh, so, but if I look at my lessons here, what I have studied in the past, because I did learn Portuguese at Link. Uh, now, one lesson, one course that I have used a lot is this uh, course called Café Brazil. So I will open Café Brazil. And, uh, you know, and we have tons of these from Café Brazil, and they're really quite good. So we'll open the one here. I don't know why it's up there. It's got 13% new words for me. And so we'll open it up. And uh, let's see. So now, the first thing is you heard a Portuguese voice doing the text-to-speech. So I want to remind you that you can control that. So for whatever reason, this was set up with a Portuguese female voice doing the text-to-speech. We're going to change that to a Brazilian male, Brazilian Portuguese male. Okay, close. So now... Amizade. So we've now got a Brazilian. So, do remember that in these various languages, you do have, very often, you have the choice of um, what kind of an accent you want to listen to. Granted, text-to-speech is not ideal. We do have the natural voice. Bom dia, boa tarde, boa noite, pode crer, amizade. Tem muita gente que escreve perguntando quem coçou. So this is a great, he's a great, uh, you know, very animated uh, podcaster. And so it's a great lesson or great course to use. One of the things as you go through now, when I'm going to, as I'm going through saving words and phrases, I'm thinking about what I would like to review when I turn the page. Now, uh, first of all, anything that is not a word, you have to eliminate. So that's not a word. So I hit X, it's gone. Okay. And use your key uh, strokes to make it easier. So known is K, uh, non-word, for example. Okay, so again, Stephen I Gavi. put my, my right arrow and, it, and I go back and forth using the arrows. Stephen is not a Portuguese word, I hit X. Covey is not a Portuguese word, I hit X. So those are now eliminated. They will not be links. They will not count in my statistics. All right. Now, it may be that sometimes, you know, vou contar, I'm going to tell you. Vou contar. Vou, vou contar. contar. Is it vou a contar? Vou contar? I'm not really sure. I will say that because that's, while I know the meaning there, vou contar. I want to say that as a phrase that I'm going to work. Okay. Similarly here, para começar. Para começar. Para começar. May not be. You know, these are sort of phrases that I may, I know what it means, but I maybe don't use them all that well. Uh, 
cada vez fees. So sometimes tenses can can be a problem. So in 2001 fiz uma viagem. Okay, so I say that in 2001 fiz okay. uma viagem. Viagem uma. Okay. Now uh, uma viagem. Okay. Uma. Okay, now I'm not, I, I'm, you know, I don't, I normally do it on my iPad. There is a reason why this is not saving. But we achei. Achei. Achei que, achei que is also good to have as a saved phrase because it deals with the tense and it deals with a word that exists in Portuguese that doesn't exist in Spanish. So with that, we just save a few more just as an example. Cada vez que. Cada vez, cada vez que. Okay. So, and retornar I don't need. So if I put my uh, cursor there, oh, retornar is also an interesting phrase to say. So I say retornar. Okay. So then I turn um, the page. Now I have to. Now here, in going through these cards, you want to use your keystrokes to keep it fast. So it says here, for example, press enter to flip the card. Uh, okay. Press enter. Ah, and now that. That's not very difficult. I don't know how it got saved, so I want to get rid of that. So I can hit K. Vou and that gets rid of it. That because you'll see here that it's what I can hit two, three, four to advance it. So as you'll see that if it's a two, it's reviewed in three days, uh, seven days, thirty days, or known. So if I want to make this known, vou contar. But I'll make this a three because I want to look at it again. Cada vez que... Okay. Now. I, I have an opportunity to practice writing. Okay. Now, here again, I can move that to three. I just hit three. King. What was that again? Do you want to repeat it? King. King. Well, that's not very difficult. But the point is, you determine uh, the difficulty of, oh, King. I didn't hear it properly. See? The, the dictation is very good because it forces you to listen more carefully. King, who? Okay, make that a three. Okay, so the point that I wanted to make here is that I go through, uh, now let's get out of this. I go through, no, sorry, we'll do this again. Hold it. So you can, you can decide in your review settings, you can decide which of these different flashcards you want to do. Sometimes in my Arabic, I just do dictation because I want to improve my knowledge of the writing system. Uh, you can sometimes, you don't want to do multiple choice or closed test. So you can very much determine which activities you want to do and how, how many do you want to do and all of these things you determine. And I tend only to review, either I'll review when I turn the page in the lesson or I can always go up here and click on these links and go through, you know, a solid dosage of these phrases in whatever order I want. And I can save phrases. And then with the dictation, I have to type out the phrase, which is also kind of good. So, and, and I do it very much on a random basis. I'm in a lesson, I'm turning the page, I'm going to review some words and phrases. Um, and again, you'll notice that for whatever reason, when we bring in these podcasts from uh, Cafe Brazil, there is this funny word that shows up. So wherever that shows up, of course, you have to eliminate. 
And so that the review then is sort of random. Now and then, you know, every so often, I'm turning the page or I'm motivated to look at, you know, the, the total number of links I have in that course, I'm gonna review them. So I won't review all the words in that course, I'll review when I feel like it, okay? <laughs> Uh, that's random. So here's uh, Lundy Holbrook. I try to read my German flashcards all the time. I find that sometimes I question myself after I've reviewed the same card many times. Yeah. I mean, it depends what you like to do. Some people like doing that. I don't particularly like it. I think having a variety of activities in the flashcards, uh, the way we do, it makes it a little more random. You don't know what the next flashcard is going to be. Is it just a flashcard? Is it dictation? Is it multiple choice that keeps it fresh in a way uh, obviously multiple choice is much easier than dictation for example uh but i always wonder after i finished a session have i really learned anything so uh, it, to me it's just a part of the exposure to the language uh okay swedish fin germanophile tells me that in east timor they speak portuguese or at least some of the people do. any news on link t-shirt my son mark is down here i will talk to him Hey, Steve, do you ever wake up in the morning and feel completely unmotivated to learn languages? And so you take a little break. Well, because I'm committed to the 90-day challenge, I would say there are very few days when I don't do something. But, um, you know, because my main activity is listening, it's not that difficult to do. So I get up, I'm going to make breakfast. I might go to my playlist in Arabic or Persian. Or I might go to a lesson, to a lesson because in the lesson I can repeat it over and over again. So I can open a lesson, let's say a mini story that's five minutes long. I can listen to it a couple of times. Then I go and read the lesson. It's easy. I slide into it. It's not. It's not. Uh, I don't. It, it, yeah. I would say that uh, basically, uh, at least during this ninety-day um, challenge. No, every day I do something. Uh, it doesn't matter if we forget many words and what matters is listening and reading a lot so that these new words will eventually stick into your brain eventually absolutely that's correct i don't worry about what i can't remember uh, okay could you add a grammar guide and the many stories for swedish i think we have some swedish many stories we we are adding some more. Uh, Eric can tell us if we have Swedish grammar in the works. I'm not sure. Uh, is it reasonable to, here's from Aaron McLean Burleson. Is it reasonable to reach a level of fluency in a language where you can one day learn a third language in the second? Oh no, that's absolutely possible. Absolutely possible. And, and it, it becomes possible when you no longer longer feel that that's a big deal. You're almost as comfortable using the second or third language to learn a fourth language because you understand most of the explanations. Uh, you probably didn't notice, but I had set my dictionary language to English, of course, but then I also put in that I wanted explanations in Russian and Korean. So yeah, you certainly can do that. Greetings from PR, Steve. PR, I presume, is Puerto Rico. I keep my Chinese vocabulary coming from articles that are of interest to me and use Pleco SR's flashcards to function, but it sometimes gets boring. How can I attack this issue? I find that SRS spaced repetition system is, it starts to dominate you and you feel that your goal is to go through all these flashcards. And I'm not convinced that you're learning much. If you are 
getting random exposure to words through lots of listening and reading, then you are not only getting that random exposure, you're also getting better, getting more fluent at all of the other words that you already know. So uh, if I had eight hours a day to spend, I might set aside an hour for spaced repetition flashcards, but since I have an hour to two, most of which is listening, I have very little time for flashcards. DK Master Steve, if one were to do SRS in addition to listening and reading, would it be more beneficial to learn common words or rarer words? Okay, um, I mean, certainly there's little benefit to doing spaced repetition for very common words because they will show up so often anyway that you'll get plenty of exposure to them. If there is a, a use for spaced repetition, then it would be more for the uncommon words. Um, Okay, when I usually use link, I just practice reading and looking up words I'm not sure of all the time. Yeah, that's kind of the way I do it. Uh, I, that's a friend to you. Okay, so advice to someone taking the IELTS test, lots of listening and reading, use link. Uh, I mean, all these tests basically test your comprehension, therefore your vocabulary, Therefore, your listening comprehension. Therefore, to get there, you have to listen and read a lot. I don't think there's any shortcut. Studying lists of words that are likely to show up, I don't think in the end is going to prepare you. Okay, so John K.R. is now a little bit unmotivated to study his Russian. I mean, you can't fight it. If you're not so motivated, then you lay off until you the motivation returns. Do you make an effort to remember the gender of a noun and do you confuse masculine and feminine words when you speak? Of course, I mean, I make a, a, a you know, okay, Arabic. Uh, I'm, I'm aware that there's masculine and feminine, that feminine tends to end with an A. Uh, I, I'm sort of, you know, conscious of the fact that, uh, you know, Aleti, Aledi, uh, Aledina, some of these things are going to give me hints as to the actual, uh, but I don't worry about it because most of my effort is, is comprehension and listening and reading. So it doesn't affect my ability to understand what I'm listening to and reading. And I don't do a lot of speaking, uh, but I think I'm getting used to certain phrases where I would naturally start, uh, you know, getting the gender right. I don't, but but it's, it's, it's like grammar. You can review it from time to time. You'll probably forget it. There are some rules that are helpful. You can review it from time to time, but gradually with enough exposure and practice and use and getting it wrong, you will gradually improve. Uh, I'm getting heavy amounts of comprehensible empathy reading books and listening to podcasts, but I'm having trouble increasing my active vocabulary, says uh, Sai. Yeah. To, to, to get better at, at, I mean, all of the input activity is increasing your passive vocabulary, which will gradually, these words will convert to active, but eventually you have to speak a lot, okay? To speak well, you have to speak a lot. And the reason why passive vocabulary is so important is you wanna speak, you wanna have meaningful conversations. So therefore you wanna talk to people about subjects of interest. So you have to understand what they're saying. So therefore you need a large passive vocabulary. And then gradually you start using more and more of what you've learned and you gradually get better at it. But it's, it doesn't happen quickly. So people shouldn't be discouraged at their inability to activate vocabulary. Uh, 
I think it's very important always to remind yourself that six months ago, you couldn't say anything or you couldn't say as much. So that give yourself credit for what you're doing and, and, and that'll keep you positive. But it is a slow process. How long have you been working on language daily? Well, if I include my listening, it's got to be up to two hours a day. Uh, a few years ago in learning English, I used to use Anki a lot as a beginner, but as I progressed in the language, I stopped. Now I'm trying to learn French, I use Anki. Yeah, I mean, I haven't used Anki per se, but I, I just personally not so motivated to sit down and review a bunch of words. Uh, I'm more motivated to get at some content and, as I explained, to do a bit of random review. Uh, Steve, do you have a goal of what you want to accomplish every day at Link? No, I don't. I don't have a goal or whatever. It's, it's, it's driven by my listening, driven by the mood of the moment. Uh, okay, which language should one prioritize? The stronger or the weaker one? Uh, I mean, the, the weaker one needs more effort. The stronger one will, will survive with relatively little effort. To go from B to, to C1, how often would you recommend speaking sessions with a tutor? Um, I mean, th these upper levels are quite demanding, and uh, but as always, comprehension and vocabulary are a big part of it. So I wouldn't just speak with a tutor, but to, to say I'm C1, you have to be able to speak well. And therefore, what I would do is I, I would say I would start with three times a week, and if you feel you can benefit from doing more, but there will be times when you feel that you want to spend that time, and because we only have X amount of time, so do you want to spend that hour speaking to a tutor where you may be going over some of the vocabulary that you already have, or do you want to spend that time trying to enrich your vocabulary? I think this is a matter of trial and error. So, you know, in terms of retaining our vocabulary, uh, if you leave a language, you'll lose a bit, but when you go back to it, you'll recover it quite quickly. And vocabulary that you forget and relearn tends to stay with you. So it's not something to worry about. Uh, yeah, I find that the, the question here is whether you have to review your vocabulary more at the beginning. I think that's probably true. At the beginning, when you're you're having so much trouble making sense of anything, um, that you know the sort of reviewing of flashcards is sometimes easier than listening or reading. So it gives you something else you can do to give you exposure, uh, concentrated expo exposure to these new phrases. So that uh, I think it's something we do more of at the beginning review because it's something that we can get some sense of achievement and satisfaction at, whereas reading and listening is still such a struggle. It's such a struggle to understand. What stops me from understanding everything I hear in movies is the use of slang. What do you recommend for this? Well, uh, first of all, in watching these movies, if they use a lot of slang, you'll start to get used to some of it. Uh, also, if you can find content that you can transcribe, then you could study content podcast or something that is heavy to slang. Or you can, in fact, using the browser extension on Link, and if the uh, movie has, if it's on YouTube and it has closed captions, 
you can study that as a lesson. In other words, you have to, you hear stuff that you don't know, you don't understand, you got to save it, see it again, see it again, and slowly it becomes part of your vocabulary. Uh, I never review words, but I should. Not necessarily should. You do what you want to do. Um, okay, merhaban kefalka. Okay, I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, number of words. What is the best way to learn vocabulary effectively? Link. <laughs> That's it. Lots of listening and reading and random review. Are the grammar tags in Link that tell you the tense and manually added? No, they're not manually added. They're not always accurate. It's a software that tries to guess what part of speech and so forth it is. Uh, it does. You can click through to the grammar review, and they're not there for all languages. But for the major languages, we have that. Luke Connor, uh, he appreciates these Q&A sessions. That's great. I enjoy doing them. Which is the most important tense in English? There is no more important tense in English, and, and I don't even think there's a more difficult tense. You just have to get used to it. It's all, it's again, it's random. The present tense, I would say one thing that when in doubt, use the simple form. So rather than trying to use the continuous form, use the simple form. I went, I not, I had gone or whatever, just keep it simple and it'll help you. Um, okay, looking good today? Yeah, I had slept really well last night. Uh, some days, some evening nights you sleep better than others. What do you think of drilling, of repeating a sentence several times? Well, again, it's it's whatever you're you're willing to, you know, it's your threshold of pain, but I don't do a lot of drilling. I don't do exercises. I don't answer questions. I like exposing myself to interesting content and doing the odd little bit of random review. Uh, but I can understand up to early intermediate comment. It feels like I'm stuck. Okay, Nikos, for Korean, a lot of reading and listening at link, but it feels he's stuck. Korean, I found the same. It's very difficult. The reasons are that the dictionaries are, you know, and I'm talking about good dictionaries like Naver, which we have at Link. Uh, very often, the um, dictionary hint is not applicable to the content. The Google Translate for Korean is not very good. Uh, it's it's just a lot of you, and and I think we lack good intermediate content at Link. I wish we had more. Uh, I'm going to go back to Korean uh, starting in June. I want to elevate my level, but Korean is one of these languages that's, uh, that I've found that I've kind of got a little bit stuck at. I have the feeling that the same is going to happen with Arabic. It typically happens where there's not a lot of intermediate content, different writing system, uh, dictionaries don't often give you a very good indication of the meaning. All of those things work, you know, make it more difficult for Korean and Arabic than, let's say, for French or Russian. Ah, uh, blah, blah, blah. Speaking of importing subtitles, there is a Chrome extension for Neck place called Subadub. Okay, uh, Eric might be making a note of that. Uh, okay, I will know that. Hi, I'm from Brazil. Parabéns for the canal. Amazing. Thank you so much for answering my questions. Look forward to your podcast. Uh, here, said I've been learning Chinese for a few months and I would also like to start in Korean, but I'm afraid I'll get lazy at keeping up the Chinese. What should I do? Well, I would. I would advise against hopping around too much until you get to a fairly good level. I mean, but it's, again, motivation is so important. If you're motivated to do 
uh, Korean, go and have a look there to see if you can maintain both of them. You may find that you're more motivated. You may find that if you do a bit of Korean, you become more motivated to go back to Chinese. I think you, you know, language learning is ultimately a personal thing. Do what you like to do. How do you recommend learning a language when you already reached B2C1 just with passive exposure, such as listening to the language, or still with looking up every vocab you don't know? Well, you know, I am B2C1, let's say in Russian. Not necessarily that I speak it so well, but in terms of my vocabulary, my comprehension is very good. Still, if I come across an article on the internet or whatever, I will tend to bring it into link, even with German. Bring it into link because I can read it so quickly and I can immediately, you know, any new word will be highlighted in blue. That's what I prefer to do. On the other hand, I also read books, paper books in, I don't know, Polish, Czech, where there's quite a few words that I don't understand. I never look them up. So if I'm on the iPad computer, I look it up. If I'm reading a book, I just let it go. I don't look things up in the dictionary because it's simply too time consuming and you very quickly forget uh, whatever. Typically, as I've said before, I close the dictionary. I've already forgotten what I saw in the dictionary. Okay. Uh, Salam, I'm an English learner. How many words should I have to be a great speaker? You got to get up to 15 to 20,000. Uh, how many languages can you speak and which language is so easy? Okay, well, you know, I'm on my 19th and 20th language in Persian and Arabic. Uh, I can speak limited Arabic, Persian. I have simple conversations. Uh, the top 10 languages, I can speak comfortably on a variety of subjects. The next sort of declining degree of, of proficiency, let's put it that way. How do you deal with the feeling of being overwhelmed by information? I can barely speak three languages so far. I can only imagine. Um, I, you know, I, I, there are times when I'm trying to look for some word in language A and everything that comes to mind is in language X. Yeah, it happens. But once you kind of move into that language, then that doesn't bother me. What's this? Uh, vocabulary. So to increase vocabulary, I mean, that's what Link was designed for, to increase vocabulary. In other words, lots of listening and reading, but an easier way of looking up words, of making sure that you remember that you've seen these words before, the opportunity to do some occasional review, and the fact that everything is there convenient for you. Content in our libraries, the ability to import stuff, so it's, it's a place where you can, in a structured way, expose yourself to a lot of hopefully interesting content. Did you find the Spanish pronunciation came much harder than French as an English speaker? No, definitely not. I would say that uh, Spanish pronunciation is relatively easy because their vowels are pure, as is the case in Japanese. The language is written the way it's pronounced. Uh, that's not the case in French. So, no, on balance, I would say Spanish is easier to pronounce than French. Charles Powell, you got it. <laughs> For any language learning issue, Steve's golden rule of thumb is just do more listening and reading. Yes. Try to learn Chinese. How can I review Chinese vocabulary? Well, it's no different than any other language, except that you have to put that specific effort into learning the characters. So, that's... Uh, you know, 
So that's a separate area of effort. 15,000 words. Does a verb with all of its conjugations count as just one? No. The way we count the words of link is that every form of a word is identified as a separate word. That's because that's the only way the computer can count them. And um, I think it's useful to save words in different forms because often they have different functions, different tenses. Very often there are words that trigger different tenses. So you get used to this tense being associated with this, like certain time words like often or always or never will trigger different tenses or I used to. So I find it useful to save words in their different forms as different words. But in any case, the calculation is based on each form of the word is counted separately. Bloodsucker says, I know a lot of vocabulary. My target language, I think in the language speak, right, but my passive, voca my passive vocabulary is limited. Okay, most people, that's interesting. Uh, to increase your passive vocabulary, you have to do a lot of listening and reading. Expand the range of things. If you're focused on a certain kind of content, get into, I don't know, history, politics, literature, science. Expand the range of, of stuff that you're listening to and reading and review uh, those words, as I say, randomly and, and use the link method. Any advice on practicing pronunciation in Swedish? Swedish actually is a little bit difficult to pronounce because of their intonation, which is very difficult for a non-native speaker to get. And certain sounds like huge. Um, I, I think it's like anything else. Lots of listening. Try to make sure that you actually hear it. And then practice getting that intonation. So and I, this is not just for Swedish. It's, it's for getting your tones in Chinese. It's for English. Get a short paragraph. Listen to it, say it link, and then try to say that, read that paragraph with the same intonation. Even if you mispronounce some of the words, but try to get that intonation. Occasionally record yourself, but focus on getting the intonation. And very often, if you get the intonation, then you're getting phrases, and then the vocabulary, or at least the pronunciation of individual words, will become easier. Uh, what do you think of the fluent forever method? I don't know what the fluent forever method is. Okay, so uh, Joseph likes pictures. I don't use pictures. I find it distracting. There's so many words that have nothing to do with pictures. It's not something that I do, but if you enjoy doing it, fine. That's good. Uh, tips on learning Chinese characters with link. You have to have a separate system. When I did it, I had to write the characters out by hand in order to learn them. But uh, obviously, at Link, you have the advantage that you can see the pinyin. But you should have some kind of a separate system for the characters. But as you see these characters in Link, it's going to reinforce them for you. On what basis do you choose your content? I, I Google. I mean, I start out with what's in our library, and then I Google and search for what's out there. Uh, in the case of Arabic, I found these the podcasts. At Persian, there's a Persian online, which is a wonderful resource and it's more of an intermediate, uh, has some intermediate content. I haven't been able to find that in Arabic, uh, but I Google and see what I can find and see what I can import into Link. Okay, well, I think, what do we got here? I'm a blind person. I learn English. Do you think it is harder for me? Uh, you know, obviously, I can't speak because I, I haven't had that experience, but obviously, listening has to be 
a much bigger part of your learning. And so therefore, and there, you know, uh, I like to listen to language content um, where I can access the transcript. But if you're blind, that's not going to work. So you would have to have content that has explanations in your native language to go with the target language that you're listening to. Uh, Mairo Vergara, uh, excellent. I totally agree with him. And he's, he's also someone that I have gotten to know through, uh, you know, Skype and through the internet. Uh, okay. Steve, I do five hours, of, three hours of reading. I want to read fluency by next summer. What do you think about that? If you keep that up, you will. But at some point, you have to start speaking uh, more, okay? Continuing your listening and reading, but you do have to start speaking a lot in order to, you know, see what you're missing, see what your problems are. Uh, so start speaking more if you can. Okay, so here again, dark metamorphosis, he feels he's moving slowly. Language learning moves slowly. Uh, so I, one shouldn't, uh, well, you have to be careful not to feel frustration. You have to sort of try to prevent yourself from sliding into frustration. So you feel you're not, one of the reasons we have statistic link, statistics is to remind people that in fact they are increasing their vocabulary. More and more of the pages are, full of white words and not so many blue words. Uh, you are improving, uh, but, it, but you shouldn't be, like as the famous German neuroscientist said, the brain learns. The brain cannot do other than learn. It's constantly reacting to, you know, exposure, experience, but the brain learns slowly. So the key is to do things that you enjoy doing so that you stay with it. If you spend the time, you will improve. But don't say, I'm not learning as quickly as I would like or as quickly as someone else. It doesn't matter. You will eventually get there. How to write well in English? Read a lot. The more you read, the more words you have, the more you see or you read things written by people who write well, this is going to improve your ability to, to write. But eventually you have to write. So you have to actually do these things. So I would write every day. I would keep a diary but also to enrich your language, do a lot of reading and listening. How can we come, overcome inhibitions when it comes to speaking? I would say I speak English pretty well, but I've recently been to London and I was so inhibited I couldn't speak. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the thing is, when we are communicating in a foreign language, and if you go to England, the chances are the people that you speak to can only speak English. So if, to judge by your name, you might be Polish, I don't know. The fact that you can speak Polish and English means that you are better in terms of language, not necessarily a better person, but in terms of language, you're better than those people. Uh, the fact that you have an accent, the fact that you look for words, you're speaking in a foreign language. You know, if we wanted to be totally comfortable, we would never learn a foreign language because speaking in a foreign language reduces, you sound more stupid, you sound more childish, you sound less eloquent, all those things. It's not as good. Speaking in a, in a foreign language is, is harder. So you just accept that. You have to, it, it's part of, you know, I, I think keeping things positive is, is a big part of language learning. I'm improving. Six months ago, I couldn't do this, or two years ago, I couldn't do this, and now I'm doing this. And patting yourself on the back 
Uh, I mean, it's easier said than done, but most people you're going to talk to, if you go to London, most people you're going to talk to are only interested in communicating. They're not interested in judging your language. And, and I guess the, what I find the most sort of inhibiting is when I can't understand. So that's where you say, I beg your pardon, I beg your pardon. If you're forever having to ask someone to repeat something, that's very uncomfortable. But if I struggle to say something and look for words, that doesn't bother me. And so therefore, again, my emphasis is always on comprehension. If you can understand, if I can understand, I feel comfortable. If I struggle to explain something, that's fine. He'll wait. I've never had a person say, well, uh, you know, I've lost interest in talking to you and I'm going to go away now. It doesn't happen. So that's the only advice I can give you, Daniel. Uh, just be happy that you're able to communicate. Like if I went to, again, I don't know if you're Polish or not, but if I went to Poland and I could understand what people were saying and, and people uh, spoke to me and some people might revert to English and that's fine. Uh, but a lot of people would communicate with me in Polish and I would make mistakes, but I would feel happy that I'm able to communicate in Polish. But my emphasis would be on a lot of listening and reading so that I have a chance to understand what they're saying. Yeah, this Marcos. Yeah, just keep going. Absolutely. Yep. Hey, Steve, I got a question. How can we call better new words? My main issue is I am exposing myself to a lot of interesting content, like link reading, lots of poems and books that I take. How can we recall better new words? Okay, there's no magic. Some words stick and some don't. And sometimes if you feel that this word would be appropriate, just use it, see what happens. It may be right, it may not be right. There'll be some feedback. And uh, certain words will bubble up in a conversation. And I think we just have to be brave enough to try to use them. And if we use them incorrectly, it, it really doesn't matter. There's no great damage done. So. Uh, but some words are forever going to stay hidden. You'll recognize them. Uh, you would like to use them. Uh, you can save them at link. Uh, I find that the things that I want to be able to do, I save at link, save as a phrase, then I do the dictation. I find the dictation, I get the feeling, might help me retain some of those words and phrases better. And you just hope for the best. Uh, I retain just a few of them. How can I deal with it? There's no dealing with it. Like, whatever you can do is good. So if some words you simply can't remember them, then that's fine too, as long as you can communicate. Uh, Qigong. What is it? Okay, Kung good. Okay, thank you so much for your answer. I am indeed Polish, okay. Uh, thank you so much for that answer sometimes. I get really frustrated with myself. It's hard for motivation sometimes, but I feel happy when I see almost full white pages now. Exactly, that's motivation. How can I get out of intermediate level, Musa? Intermediate is a good level because you can actually read and listen to interesting stuff. I wish I were intermediate in Arabic. I'm listening to these podcasts, Al Jazeera, and I can't understand them. I read them and I kind of fight through it and I'm not yet intermediate. So it's more difficult for me. Once you're intermediate, you can explore all kinds of interesting stuff. I have some words that I just forget 50 times and I wonder how I keep forgetting it just happens. Exactly, some words are not gonna stick. Some words are not gonna stick and some words for whatever reason, sometimes very rare words, you remember them. <laughs> Steve, your motivation keeps me motivated. All right, thanks Steve. 
Uh, we met a few years ago in Bath. Yes, I, yes, 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 I remember. Adrian, you, I thought you were English. You spoke like some regional form of, I don't know, Birmingham or something. Uh, English, although if I remember correctly, you're originally from Poland. Started Japanese to go on LinkedIn. My progress was slower than I was expecting. Yeah, I mean, some people find, first of all, a problem with Japanese is the characters. And I do strongly recommend that people who are seriously interested in Japanese should learn the characters. And that is a task in itself. And then uh, you use Link for the words, the, the, you know, the good content, and you can see the furigana. You can either have the furigana or you can have the romaji there. So I, I think it's a tremendous way to advance, but you have to get that initial exposure to the characters, have a system for learning characters. And I would also get a little starter book like a teach yourself. Don't buy an expensive one, just a little bit of an overview of the how the language works, not trying to remember anything. And yeah, okay, best wishes to Carmen, thank you. Yeah, we had a, a great get together there in Bath. Uh, yeah, AJ Hogue is a great guy. There is an accent from somewhere in the north of England that I totally can't understand and neither can most of my English friends. I'm afraid of encountering something like that in French. <laughs> you know what? There are people in Quebec that you would have trouble understanding. But most of the people in the big cities and stuff, you'll understand. In France, I can't think of an accent that's hard to understand. Okay, thanks, Steve. We should agree. We thank you. Do you have any tips for memorizing vocabulary? I put out a video where I said, don't memorize. Don't memorize. Hindi, if we get any, if we get content, we will put Hindi up at link, but we don't have Hindi yet. Somebody gave us the mini stories in Gujarati, so that's what we have. How many times for speak? You know, in terms of speaking, yeah, you have to create the time. So either you find a language exchange site or you pay for a tutor at link at italki. Uh, I find that twice a week is fine, two to three times a week. It's fine. Uh, the hardest words are the ones that don't have something you can imagine. It's true. It's true. But I, I, I think it's even more random than that as to how some words stick and some words don't. Uh, okay. I think I'm going to call it here. And so thank everyone for listening and uh, enjoy your language learning. Here's a few more quickies here. I'm also learning Japanese, just reading it. Not progressing fast, but you've got to stay with it. Yeah, I'm at an intermediate level Spanish, trying to improve listening concentration. One way I'm doing that, watching telenovelas, that's good. Is it better to first learn Spanish than French or vice versa? Um, depends what you're motivated to do, but uh, probably Spanish is easier for most people. Okay, bye for now.